Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Do you want the best rates on term life insurance? Then remember this number 800. 800- 989-1415. Protect your family with 250000 or more in term life insurance coverage and save up to 75%. Rates are lower than they have ever been, so now is the best time to protect your family with quality term life insurance. Call now for your free quote, 800-989-1415. We'll shop the top-rated insurance companies to get you the best rates from companies you can count on. So don't wait any longer. Call now for the lowest rates ever and save up to 75%. Even if you have term life insurance, you can always add more coverage. If you don't, have term life insurance protect your family today. The call is free. Call Term Direct now. 800-989-1415. 800-989-1415. 800-989-1415. Hey, Dr. McKellar, how are you doing? I want to welcome everybody to Marvelous Monday with Dr. Shirley McKellar, and she's on the line right now. Yes, sir. Good evening. Good evening, Chief Spikes. Run Spikes, it is great to have you on with us this evening. Not to say that I don't miss my daughter, Miss Rihanna, but it's always a pleasure to have you to join us, and I'm so delighted that you're going to be here. So hopefully that you're going to join in on our conversation tonight because we got a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, let me first brief uh, quickly to tell you what we're going to be talking about tonight, Chief, so you can get ready. But as you know, okay. this is the year of our census. And so our 10 years are up, and so the big thing in Texas now is the redistricting and drawing those lines and making sure that the gerrymandering that we have seen down through the years, that that no longer exists. And I'm proud to be one of those persons here in the city of Tyler, Texas, that's going to be drawing those lines. So we're going to talk about that. Awesome, awesome. Yes, yes. And then we're going to talk about uh, uh, the Delta variant of COVID-19. I know that things are opening wide open here in our country, in our city, uh, in East Texas and in Texas. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But let's first find out if our, if our, our stars for the evening are on with us. Uh, we sent the message out there, and so I hope that they are front row center, especially those military personnel, right? We know we're supposed <laughs> to be right on time. Right? <laughs> we're supposed to be right Absolutely. on time. But I bet you, I bet you Dr. Hagney is there. Dr. Yes. Hagney, are you yes, there? I'm here. I'm here. See? I'm here. See? I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That, that professional gentleman is there. Now let's see if uh, Mr. Arthur Flemings is there. Mr. Arthur Flemings, are you there? Yeah, they that haven't quite called me in yet. When they do, I'll open up the lines, Dr. Jones. Okay, very good, very good. And then, of course, we hope that uh, Pastor uh, Mike Cooper will be on with us tonight. And everybody uh, knows that Pastor Cooper was in, uh, Mr. Uh, Spikes, but he was in an amazing automobile accident that he oh. walked away from that. And if you could see wow. his vehicle, if oh, you could wow. just see his vehicle, 
Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Uh, it, it was just devastated to see it, uh, Dr. Hagney. I mean, oh, it looks wow. like they hit him, they hit him from, from the front and he spun around and they hit him again at the back. And his oh, car goodness. is total. It's oh, total. But, but, Mr. Spikes, let me just tell you this, that I was in an automobile accident. I don't know if you knew or not. An 18-wheeler plowed into the back of me. Hardly a scratch on my vehicle ripped up the 18-wheeler's uh, front end because it was nothing but fiberglass. But I had this long, long uh, trailer hitch on the back of my vehicle that slowed that truck down. But it threw me all over the place in that vehicle, and I'm still mm. going to chiropractic and physical therapy and acupuncture and all of that. And uh, Pastor Cooper is walking around uh, going on about his business. No, oh, praise God. What a blessing. That's a blessing. It is. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's that, taken that, me almost that. four months to get where I am right now. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. uh, and oh, yeah. He got right out of that vehicle and kept on going. So he must be paying the preacher more than I'm paying the preacher. Oh, that's right. He is the preacher. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I hear you. I hear you, doctor. I hear you. Oh, my goodness. He I heard me. It. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. How are you doing, Pastor Cooper? I am absolutely wonderful. But you know what I I'm found out is exactly what you're saying. Uh, you know, first of all, God is good. I mean, yes, I just have to say that. God is good. And somebody said he wasn't finished with us yet because I had that's to tell him your story. He's that's not it. finished with us yet. And, and, and you know, I, I had some appointments that – Yeah, yeah, we have so much more to do. And, and, and I had right. some appointments that day. So, uh, okay. you know, you were speaking about the miracles of God because uh, the ambulance yes, uh, no. driver, he, he yeah, yeah, he, he told me, he said, if I don't get in the ambulance with him, he's going to lose his job. So he wanted me to shine my <laughs> no, lights away. Yeah, he mm. did. He said, if, if you do not, he said, you're in this car, he said, I need you to go exactly. to the ER with me. He, yes. <laughs> he said, yes, sir. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, looking at that vehicle, I was real disturbed when I saw that vehicle. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I would have had to drag you in that ambulance. That EMS is what <laughs> you need to have to <laughs> Well, you that know, I actually, I actually went, went I had someone pick me up, went back to the job, showed them the pictures, and they all begged me the same thing. You know, they, 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 they pulled my coattail. They said, Superman, we need you to go to ER. You don't realize what you just meant to them. They did. They really did. Oh. I'm quoting them word for word. But, uh, wow. But, yeah, uh, you know, so, so I, I start to uh, tell people about the tragedies on purpose because I want them to see how, how good God is. He'll keep us from seeing and unseen dangers, but sometimes he'll allow us to go through something and come out on right. the other side so we can have right. a testimony in, in that right. And So, mm. uh, I, I, you know, and that's why I posted those pictures last week because the rumors were getting out. That they almost had me dead. I said, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> I know what it looks like, but I'm still here. Uh, so, wow. wow. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Be- beautiful testimony, beautiful testimony. Yeah. It really is. Well, let me just share a little bit about this past weekend, and then we're gonna we're gonna. I told uh, uh, Doctor Hadney if we could start out first by talking a little bit about uh, the uh, coronavirus and the uh, Delta variant that's out there uh, that's that's p- beginning to plow throughout uh, our communities, 
And I mentioned to Dr. Hagney that we have a couple that's in the hospital, a couple people that's in the hospital here in Tyler right now that has that variant. Uh, But the great part about it is both of them uh, have the uh, vaccine. And so they have a a mild case of it. Uh, We know that it started out uh, there in India, but I'm not going to jump into that right now. I want to, what I want to do before we really get into it, I want to talk a little bit about what happened over the weekend. And, uh, and that was uh, many of you know that I've been giving out scholarships to graduating seniors uh, from high school uh, to attend uh, St. Augustine University in Raleigh, North Carolina. And you know that triangle out there with the uh, University of uh, North Carolina at Chapel Hill and all of those uh, universities right in there. They do a lot of research. Uh, St. Augustine is a historical black college uh, there. It's a liberal arts college. And so my sorority sister and my dear friend who actually hails from Tyler, Texas, uh, is the Madam President over there. And she sent her officials, the director of admissions, down on a Friday, and so we brought the students into the Holiday Inn and gave them a little lunch, got, gave them gifts and all of that, and got to, wow. uh, some of them signed up uh, to get those scholarships to go over to, uh, to college there. And so I was just very, very pleased of how things turned out. And then we had, uh, we set up a Zoom, and so those that lived in other parts of the country, believe it or not, we had people from, from North Carolina we had people from Oklahoma. We had some from Arkansas that saw my announcement on social media and, re- and reached all the way out here to me here in East Texas. And we had them on Zoom because obviously we didn't want them to travel into Tyler, Texas. So got them all set up and sending them their paperwork so that they can get enrolled. Uh, I'm a big proponent of HBCUs, Historical Black Colleges and Universities, and especially since I never had the opportunity to attend one, so I want to give back uh, to uh, to any of our HBCUs. So we were very, very pleased of how things turned out uh, on this weekend, and I want those that are still listening out there, uh, parents that may be listening, that we still have more scholarships to give. They're, they offered about 56 different scholarships at St. Augustine University. So keep that in mind as you're working toward helping your, your students, your young students get into college. Because, And I don't know if this was happening. I, I bet you I can say that it happened during the course of the time that, that Dr. Hagney was getting ready to go to college. But when, we, when I graduated from high school, and this was a, a tradition here in Tyler, the one thing that one gift that we knew that we were going to get, and that was a set of luggage, and that set of luggage meant that you it's not it's not if you're going to college, it's you're going to college and you're packing these bags, and you're getting out of here, going somewhere. That's right. <laughs> did that happen? Uh. In, 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 and that was that was in our African American community. I don't know about other communities. But that That's happened, right. did it not, in our community? That's right. That's the way it yes, was. You go in, you go in the so That's right. So it's our job to make sure that we find uh, funding and money so that when these young students graduate from college, they're not saddled with massive debt, that they mm-hmm, can start mm-hmm. their careers and move on forward. So I'm quite pleased with how things turned out on this past weekend. 
So let me share that before we jump in to which brings me to Texas College and the fact that um, they reached out to us this afternoon because, as everybody knows, uh, Mr. Spice, that Dr. Hagney and myself and Pastor Cooper uh, and Mr. Arthur, we're working hard to make sure that those those black and brown people who want to get those vaccines, that they have the opportunity to get it. And we know we have that new variant. And so I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Hagney and let him uh, uh, bring us forward and, and talk a little bit about what we're doing here in Hagney. East Texas in setting up. Yeah, 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 yes. Hello. Uh, fine. How are you? Oh, it's, about okay. time. it's about time you showed up for work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I just want to say it's been these vaccines have been proven to be very effective. 
I heard a report recently this afternoon. They, when we were talking about the boosters on these viruses, sound like from the earlier data, the data began to show that the booster might not be needed because they're that good. So when you think about and all discussion about how did it happen so quick and all that, I just tell you, you know, when God is involved with anything, it's very successful. But uh, the point is, we need to get the uh, the virus, the vaccine into our into our community. When you hear these national reports about sick, forty or fifty or whatever, sending the individual who had the first vaccination, I tell people they need to break that down as it relates to our community. And I think our number is African American community somewhere around four, nine, maybe nine, maybe fourteen percent. And the counties need to report that data. It, no, it's um, put it that way. Is that the local? That's how the local health departments are reporting it. All the local health departments should be breaking that data down demographically so we can see that. We know uh, that what we have to do, and it's a blessing the team we work with here in East Texas, and it's just exciting to hear Texas College calling back. Uh, Dr. McKellar mentioned about the HBCU. This will be, be a lighthouse for the rest of our community. Uh, the role Texas College can play in all HBCU, but also that at age population that want to, but that's very critical because the resistance we're having is in that middle age, that college age group. And so with with Texas College coming on board, that's going to be very significant for that age group and also for the administration at the college to step up and say, we want to take it, we want to uh, take care of our students. That's what the university and that's what it means. It's sort of sad to see other groups, the employer groups and some of the school districts and all those leaving up there, other individuals. When you're in a responsible role like these colleges offer their students, because their parents put, as Dr. McKellar said earlier, they packed us up with suitcases and told us, go to college. Not that you want to go, just leave you home. But then the schools accepted us as, as part of their family. They accepted us as a responsible. I'll never forget that, like the black teachers in the in public schools and the teachers at the at the HBCU, they accept they accept us as family. So it's proud proud to hear at Texas College looking at their students as family, as they, as their students and they they were they're concerned. They're they're stepping out to do something about that. But I just want to close saying this virus is serious. This Delta virus is spread throughout this whole country, and uh, and also now the concerns now is that nationally we have of course. The nomads and all the meetings and all the congregations that uh, that was really too soon, too early. Now we are faced with the issue of how you readdress that. I saw some reports with Israel and I think uh, maybe Australia and one other country. country. They're re really looking at the mass, they're re really looking at restrictions because this, this virus is very serious. But what we need to do is continue to do what we're doing, Dr. McKellar mentioned. You know, when we look at the task force, we basically, to a certain extent, other groups are basically shut down. You know, they don't have the mass drive-through systems anymore. They push it back to the public health departments. So I'm, you know, I hate to say that we are, Dr. McKellar, but like we may be the only one out there reaching out in this community. And we need to get the word out uh, statewide and nationally that we are out here you know, in the trenches. We need to call, so I know they mentioned Washington. They're, called, they're sort of concerned. They don't. They are trying to decide what approach they should take, how they should address the issue about the mass and uh, isolation, because they're really in a position where they, it's going to be very difficult for them to do that. But they need individuals like our group and groups that are already on the ground across this country, the, the churches who are knocking on the door, never forget the role of the churches in the community, and that's what we illustrated this past weekend. Uh, so, And also, they were talking about the funds out to some of the immediate areas, I'm wondering, uh, have they have I, have they approached uh, this radio channel for information, Dr. McKellar? Are you aware of that? 
have not have approached. You mean our Monday night blog talk? Have they approached right, us? Right, exactly. Have As not. Have, yeah. But six, what so they did say, let me just say, what they didn't specifically say our radio station, but they did specifically say that they want to get the information out to the uh, black and brown communities by way of radio or whatever uh, newsletters or what churches, whatever ways that they can get that information out to us. So it's, uh, I guess it's incumbent upon us to make sure that they reach out and advertise with us and all of our, our radio networks that, uh, mm-hmm, that will mm-hmm. well, well, like you said, classic example, when Texas College calling you, that's an illustration. Right. That's a documentation. It's seconded of what we're doing. And so Washington needs to know that because they're trying to determine what they should do next. Uh, what they should do next is, like you say, your station and those of us who are out here uh, like this past weekend at Texas College, deciding these communities and understanding these communities because they need to recognize there are, other, there are newer people who virtually a whole of people they're used to dealing with. And it, it's, yeah. it's showing that that has not been effective. I know it's easy to work with this organization that have been out there for years who's, you know, said they know how to reach our community. But the evidence is showing that's really not true. They need to find continue that, but also find some of the newer people that are really reaching the, the community. And that brochure we have, that, that pamphlet we have for the information on the coronavirus, that should be in right. everybody's hand. And we just need publication of that, distribution of that, and printers for that. So we need to get that out because that's that factual information uh, that need to be in individual hands because we hear so much from the media. It's just so sort of saddening to hear some of the stories that are being broadcast about media that people are believing. So we're just going to confront that and keep doing what we're doing, you know, and don't vary from that and just keep getting that information out there, keep reaching out to the community, and keep all the churches, our community, other groups involved, like your sorority groups, the Omega groups, and yeah. all those guys. Like when they, when they came out, the Omega guys came out to Texas College the last time. That's right. You know, all yeah. those guys out there. And so that's what we have to yeah. do, the people in the community. That, that everybody recognize, get them on board, all the attorneys, all the groups that are in the community that's out there that with the work and policy and also the education. We're going to do a project uh, in July, uh, back-to-school program in one our community. Uh, even okay. talking about giving out the bags and education, those backpacks. And that's something we need to do to reach that at a, at a, at a public school age group. So, yes, we just need to keep doing what we're doing, and people need to know what we're doing. We need to get the yeah. word out and get that support what we're doing. Very good. Outstanding. So, yes. So let's just talk a little bit uh, about that Delta variant. We we do know that it came in here from India, and it, it swept across uh, the Midwest, uh, up in Oregon, and up in mm-hmm. those areas up there. And, and up in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma Missouri, that's right, all in those areas. It's interesting where it where it uh where it landed. But as mm-hmm. I mentioned, we have two cases uh here that uh, we were informed about today here in our hospitals. But the beauty of, of these two cases is that they had already had the vaccine. So even mm-hmm. if you read mm-hmm. about uh across country. I read about another one that was out there. I believe it was in Georgia, I believe. And it was four four persons who came down with that Delta variant, which is a very dangerous variant. And it's hitting mm-hmm. a lot of the young 
younger students. That's why I was really delighted that Texas College is working hard to try to educate those young folks. And if they need us mm-hmm. to come speak to them, we can do that as well. But they're trying to educate mm-hmm. young folk on the importance of it. Now, there were two yeah. people of the four that had had the vaccines, and then there were two that did not have the vaccines of those four. Mm-hmm. Well, those two that had not had been vaccinated, they died of, of mm-hmm. that Delta virus. But the mm-hmm. other two had just uh, had had the vaccines and had a very light uh, case mm-hmm. of it. So mm-hmm. even we know, as you mentioned, Dr. Hagney, these vaccines are working in every aspect of COVID-19. And the, and the mere fact that they came out today saying that we just may not have to have a booster, that was just, that was excellent uh, information and research that came out today. So we mm-hmm. got to make sure that our young folk are taken care of and protected so that uh, they can go back to their schools and study and not have to be concerned with uh, COVID-19. That's right. And in, in the right. point you made, Dr. Wallace, about the, uh, the severity of this, even though you've had the vaccination, there was another report where a, a group of individuals who came down with the Delta. But like you said, the complication, hospitalizations and everything was much lesser uh, and, and more treatable than those who have not. So that's, the, again, that confirmed the significant effects of the vaccine, you know, Right, right. And what people people have to understand uh, that the reason why this Delta variant is so dangerous is because it replicates so fast. It turns over yeah. and it evades the body so quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's quickly. amazing how, yes, yeah. how, how it That's works so, so fast. And yeah. there, are, there are reports that begin to come out of India that this Delta variant is also mutating again. So yeah. those, those are the early reports of in India, of course, that's where it starts. So there are new there are new variants of this Delta variant that they're beginning to that's recognize. Right. Oh yes. Yes. Okay. Very good. Uh Pastor Cooper and I, and Mr. Arthur, I don't know if you guys have any comments that you would like to make in regards uh to this, but we have to work everywhere and every all over East Texas, all over Texas and this nation to make sure that, that the black and brown community uh, is educated and understand uh, because others may be listening to the news and picking up on this, but sometimes uh, the people in the black and brown community, they may be working and not being able to catch mm-hmm. up with the news, focusing on getting uh, a food on the table or whatever, and so they may miss that. But it's incumbent mm-hmm. upon us to make sure that the whole entire community is educated. Dr. Cooper, do you have any comments in regards to uh, uh, the COVID-19 Yes, uh, matter of fact, uh, we've been trying to map out all the upper East Texas, uh, Middle East Texas, where you guys are, and Southeast Texas, where I am, and uh, get this type of information out to people and also encourage them to take the uh, vaccine because that talk is kind of softened now. And, and so people are taking mm-hmm. it for granted, like Dr. Hagney was saying earlier. Uh, they figured no one has masks on. We just finished Juneteenth, and I know in uh, South uh, Park, uh, South End area in Beaumont, at uh, Chalk Park, which is a very historical park, there's probably 3,000 people in there, and no one was wearing masks. And I know all no. of them are not vaccinated. So, so right. the, this is the reason why we have to continue this conversation and not just, mm-hmm. you know, going to the summertime when folks are going to the beach, we're getting ready for July 4th, uh, mm-hmm. vacationing, picnicking, mm-hmm. and all these other mm-hmm. things. 
So, mm-hmm. so we need to make sure we continue to wear our mask. If you know the group that you're with and you've been vaccinated, that's different than your family. But if you're intermingling with other folks and you haven't seen their card, let me tell you a disturbing piece of yes. information, too. There's people out there with fake cards saying that they've been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I, it, so that's the reason why I, I want to bring this kind of topic back to the radio show, because we have to do our due diligence when we're out there listening. And, and sometimes I, I don't let the enemy know that I'm listening to him because that's how I learn. There you go. fly on the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. there are folks actually bragging about because they own an airplane. You know, it's amazing. We have these uh, patriots, suppose we cloaked in the air, and uh, that were involved in the insurrection on January 6th, and it was an insurrection. Uh, when they're flying, it's amazing when they say it's a federal mandate that you wear your mask in the airport and on the airplane or you be kicked out. I did not see one person in the airport without their mask on because they wanted to get to their final destination. Y'all going to make me start mm, pitching yeah. in a second. If you want to get to your mm. final destination, you might want to heed the warning. I'm going to pass the mic. You're right about that. They're serious That's, about that in that airport and on that airplane. And no one's yeah. protesting. No, no one's saying, I want to take my mask off. I wish you would. They're getting, and I'm telling you, I know that I'm sitting by patriots. I'm sitting by folks that got the, mm-hmm. the, the, the flags and the black and white mm-hmm. flags and the different mm-hmm. kind of blue stripes and all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting by these folks that you probably saw on uh, CNN, Fox News, everywhere else on Insurrection Day. And they are abiding by the law because they want to travel wow. and move around. So, we have to hold them accountable in our workspace, in our places, uh, to make sure that they do the right thing and not be afraid because they call themselves fighting back. It's a shame that the lady in Atlanta lost her life because she asked a man to put his mask on. Mm, mm-hmm. That's right. Correct. 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 Yeah. What are we going to do? Go ahead. Yes. What are we going to do? Go ahead. Are you? No, I was, no, I was go, just go saying ahead. this. I was just, Okay, as I was listening to this conversation, something else was brought up in my mind about getting the word out. A, a, a long time ago, or an earlier period in our lifetime, we had the AM stations within the community that the community could associate with. Now that we're going mm-hmm. to these big broadcast systems where they, they're based mm-hmm. on numbers, and then they mm-hmm. say, well, you know, they got the word because we can put the word out. Well, they don't have the ability to put out out the word to smaller communities because we can't bring doctors. They're not bringing doctors on. They're more concerned about the music and the numbers than they are anything else. Something else that was mentioned earlier, one of, one of the guys said something about, you know, the, the mainstream media is out there. But the mainstream media out there is out there for one purpose, to make money. They're not out there to try to save lives or anything like that. Because a lot of the times when you see these big groups out there, they're only out there because the mainstream media brought them in. But you don't hear the mainstream mm-hmm. media when they get these groups out there saying, hey, you might want to put on your mask, or, you know, it's another variant out there that you should be concerned about. And they're just not getting the word. It's, it's just not going out like it used to because people mm-hmm. don't see the mask anymore in large groups, even on TV. Mm-hmm. Anywhere that you cut on the TV or anything that you look at, Facebook or any of the social medias out there, you don't see them with masks in large groups no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, that that's, is that Sarge? Is that Sarge back there? Sure it is. is that Sarge? No, no, that's, no, that's Chief is, Run Spike. 
that's uh, that's Chief Ron. Miss Rihanna, and I forgot to mention, Miss Rihanna is not on uh, tonight. So uh, Chief Ron Spikes is running our board, and so I asked oh, him to Chief, join yeah, in yeah. and have conversations. So that's that's who's back there, is Chief Spikes. That's right, Chief. That's right, Chief. Hey, 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 here, uh, Sherry, what I want to know is, what are we doing? Okay, after a year of brainwashing, misinformation, so forth and so on. Uh, okay. You know, what are we doing to keep the pressure up uh, on the powers that be to make sure that we have a uh, – because, I, I, you know, I don't see the mass education program going on. I don't see the extra effort to get, the, you know, to get the information to our community, get the, uh, you know, and, and to get the uh, vaccine out there. So I'm trying to – you know, we need to be trying to put more pressure on uh, folks and you know to go where the people are and give them the vaccine. You know, that, that, of, excellent. Well, that yeah. Dr. Hagney, you want to you want to dialogue on that? Yeah, that that is true because early on in the whole distribution of the vaccine, that wasn't doing done properly anyway. Even though the individuals were, were designed to take vaccine out to the community, lots of politics involved with that. You're right; those who are responsible for that. They need to, we need to relook at them and also individuals who are able to get the vaccines out to the community. They need to be able to, that's what we were talking about, we would need to go ourselves. But so, yes, and back to what you mentioned about the media, uh, that they should be, well, I hope they're not the one getting a lot of that money going to the communication system because, you know, they get the money, but they'll, they'll turn around and do something else. In other words, all these groups are going to have to be held accountable for. These people who are responsible for getting this out, vaccine out, to be held responsible because the data and everything show now they have not done, done a very good job. That includes a lot of the, the health departments. So I agree, you know, the, uh, that getting that word out. And also I think our political group, I know we're going to talk about restriction after a while, but our political mm-hmm. groups, uh, our leaders in our community, I mean, everybody elected down the school board people, the uh, council, everybody, they getting the word out and should be held accountable because when you're talking about rules and regulations, whether it be state level or national level, they need to be. They need to be. They need to understand what we're doing. They need to be on board with what we're doing. They should be out there helping us get the word out. But uh, that's another area we need to sort of emphasize. People who are in position to make decisions. I'm sorry. It's, well, if I get a chance, if I get a chance uh, for uh, news, I, I'm definitely going to mention it. Well, you know, so I'm going to jump in there as well, Miss Arthur, if, if you don't mind, uh, Dr. Hagney. I. And Dr. Hagney knows this, but way back during the school time, it was back in February, as a matter of fact. And so I was speaking at uh, some of the, the public schools during uh, Black Heritage Month. And I noticed some of those uh, students had uh, masks that probably should have been in the trash, you know, that maybe mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. washed them and repeated it over and over using them. And so mm-hmm. I, I reached out to my dear friend down at uh, Texas uh, Education Association, uh, Dr. Harold mm-hmm. Wright, and told him mm-hmm. that I want him to help me to find um, a corporation so that we could get some masks for us here in Tyler, Texas. And so mm-hmm. I was able to get 250,000 masks. Now, that's a lot of mm-hmm. masks. And you know we don't have that many uh, students in the district. We don't have that many students and staff in the district. And they should have actually shared it with the Chapel Hill district and other areas. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. that they did send an email out saying that they had received them. But but now, 
let's take a look at the top of the chain here in Texas. We have a governor who is telling them they can go back. They don't. They can mm-hmm. wide open, uh, open up right. everything, open all the businesses, right. and they don't have to wear masks. And so yeah. now you got him saying you don't have to wear masks, and you got us saying, listen, you better be careful and wear exactly. a mask. And um, yeah. so, so now we're thing? fighting. We're what's, fighting what's that thing? political uh, yeah. monster of, uh, right. and and therein lies our real issue right mm-hmm. there. Uh, yeah. That we're fighting against people that's telling one over here one thing, and then and then we're saying right another there, right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so there, that's the real problem. But what we oh. it's incumbent of us oh. to make sure that we continue to teach in the community like we're doing and going out to the HBCUs and, and working with right. the pastors and preachers in the community and all these people that Dr. Hack has outlined for us to, to reach out to. And let me share this with you. As everybody knows uh, here that lives here in Tyler, that, that the city of Tyler was, was actually working in conjunction with the health department, and we were giving our vaccines there exactly. at Harvard. Convention. Well, now mm-hmm. Harvey Convention is getting ready to come down because we're building a $29 million convention center. So mm-hmm. we really have to get busy right now and make sure that we go out there to the churches and carry these vaccines everywhere out there, simply because here now in Tyler, which we're the medical hub of East Texas, and they reach out, Dr. Hagney can tell you that the people out there reach out in here to us to make sure that they can get the vaccines in their that's communities. Right. So we've got a big that's job right. in front of us now, that, uh, even more so well, than we did before. Go ahead, Dr. Hagney. Really, really, the ball is in our court. When you mentioned yeah. when everybody was sort of shut down, all groups are saying come back clean, we're the only one out here reaching come back to Texas College. We're the one out here reaching in the community. That's why we need documentation. What we're doing need to be understood and or getting information into people's hands. Uh, we're the ones doing that, brochures we have. But also someone mentioned this weekend, the, the, the athletic, the sport, the athletic directors, the sport organization, the coaches organization, I need to all comment on, they were saying that's the way we need to reach the, uh, I guess, the athletes in the public school system. They said coaches organization, uh, athletic organizations. Uh, someone even mentioned Dallas Cowboys from that sport act. Uh, getting them involved uh, because they say these students in school, they sort of go the way the coaches say go. I, you know, I'm not in public school system. I just understand that. They say the role of the coaches are very significant in public education, the role they play. So how can we, these state organizations, these athletic organizations, of course, you know, the government may have a little impact. What do you all think about that? Is that an option that we need to look at and get the coaches on board or, you know, uh, to, to get the word out of these? When you think of the rural communities with rural sports programs, it, it, not only coaches, but also go ahead. Go ahead. Let's see. Go ahead, uh, uh, Pastor Cooper, and then we'll go to Mr. Arthur. Go ahead. Not, not only coaches, but we need to go where these young folks are hanging out, and they are going to the barbershop. They're not going back to church yet, but they're going to the barbershop. They're going to the street corners, and we know in each city where they're all hanging out. There's a certain area, mm-hmm. and we need to be mobile and and drive up on them. And let them know, mm-hmm. hey, have you been vaccinated? And then while we're doing that, we need to register them to vote. At the mm-hmm. 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 That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, we have a list of all the black barbershops in the state of Texas. And we start networking with them in 
Houston area and also up in the East Texas area. They said they're they're coming on board, so you're exactly right. Now, well, we need to go out to them. Like you said, we need to go out there and, and make presentation. One of the groups said they would actually get their barbers together for us to do a presentation. So we need to do that. You're exactly right. Count me in. I'm in on that. So when you get ready to go, let me know what dates so I can schedule. And look, I'm, I want to share this with you, gentlemen, is that my grandson is the quarterback for Red Oak High School, right? And mm-hmm. that whole entire team had to shut down because of COVID. Because they oh, wow. the locker room, and they may not be as persnickety as I am. Uh, when it comes to cleanliness, okay, let's just face it, young boys may not be. So mm-hmm. they had dirty towels that were left in their mm. lockers. COVID just spread out before the school mm. before the school was shut down in May. COVID mm. was spread. Off. Even though I was blessed that my grandson didn't get it, but they mm. all had to stay home for two weeks to the quarantine because. It was so many of those football players that got it. So we have to work uh, through the uh, athletic uh, division. We have to go to the director of the athletic uh, division of each public school and each school period, wherever there are athletes. It's like I said, it's a big job, and we it's left to us to carry out this job because of the fact here, and I'm only speaking for Tyva right now, but all across the nation, but we don't have, we don't have the health department that's putting on the big uh, events there at uh, Harvey convention where you people can come through and we can turn out 1500 to 2000 people per day uh, to give Mm -hmm. immunization to vaccines too. So even though now there's, if you, if you want to get one, you can go down to the health department, but a lot of people may not even know that. So we have to take it to the community. Uh, go ahead, uh, Mr. Arthur. I think you had something to say as well, and I'll mute out to you talk. This is all hands on deck. It's like, it's like it's not either or, Doc. It's like everything. We need to yep. be more vocal about the fact that we're not getting the resources to do what needs to be done. I mean, yeah, I mean, y'all doing a great job, which y'all doing, but but I don't see any type of real coordinated effort. So. Mm-hmm. We all need mm-hmm. uh, uh, contact where we can and let them know that, uh, you know, we're not satisfied with the progress this month. We've got this new variant coming out, you know, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So, hey, we're susceptible again. We, we we lost, I don't know if y'all know it or not, we lost 3.2 years of lifespan due to COVID. Yep. Spanish mm-hmm. lost, Spanish lost, I think, 3.88. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, white, people, white people lost mm-hmm. 1.46. Right. So, That's right. So, 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 so if that thing comes through and hit us again, right. you know, yeah, we'd be down to fifty nine. Yes. Yeah, so. That's right. Well, let me just tell you this, Mr. Arthur. I know it oh so well. I lost nine family members to wow. COVID nineteen. Nine mm. of them. So I know that thing very, very well. And you're absolutely correct. But let me let me just bring this forward, Mr. Uh, Arthur. You're going to have the ear of two vital people in this this country on tomorrow, and uh, mm. Frederick uh, Richmond was on on television this last week, or maybe it was I don't know when it was, but in the last few days he was on television talking about this COVID nineteen and how important it is for us to be able to put a stop to it. 
and that we need to get the message out to the people. So he's looking for help for, on COVID-19. He's looking for help uh, at the border crisis, and we know that uh, Vice President Kamala Harris came down to the border, and we know that other fella is coming down there tomorrow or sometime or the other, whatever, uh, but, uh, but, but we need to make sure that people continue to keep these masks close by. I, I, mm-hmm. I've been vaccinated, fully vaccinated, but I, but when I'm out there, I don't know who has been vaccinated and who not. And then we heard Pastor Cooper talk about that there's fake cards out there. So I'm not taking mm. a chance. I don't mm. care what anybody says, and that includes that guy down there in Austin. I don't care what they say. Right. I am masking up when I get out there yep. now. Yep. Okay. So that's that. But y'all better be glad y'all married, cause see, finger folks, boy, you know they got, you know, do I believe her or do uh, do, do I believe him, or, you know, whatever it is, does you know have they really got vaccinated? You know, there you go. It's a mess. Well, now. you know, I, I and let me just say, I would love to see those fake, see the difference between those fake cards that that yeah, that, that, that was talked about, and what and what the cards look like that come from uh, the CDC. Uh, there ought to be something, and, and I'm, somebody has to make mention of that because you know, yeah. wherever, whatever, whatever is going on, there's always going to be some crook that's going to try to yeah. get around it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right. that's the way, way of the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be. Yeah. Mr. Arthur, yep. go ahead. I said, yeah, yeah, they'll be selling fake cards and, and, and you know, that type of thing. Yeah, it, I mean, they'll make an industry out of anything. So a lot, right. a lot of money been made off this COVID. A lot of money been made, y'all. A lot of people got yes, rich. It yes, it has. Yeah, very rich. And, and and it wasn't any of us on here, right? But anyways, I'm moving on from that. So uh, so we, we, will, we will see what happens. But I would love to see some of those fake cards. So just remember, those that are listening out there, mask up. Get your vaccinations if you haven't gotten them, uh, because this is a serious thing, and that Delta variant is very dangerous because of the mutation of how it could replicate and how fast it replicates. And so we've lost too many black and brown people. We lost too many people in this nation, period. Uh, but we lost even more black and brown people. So so I'm pushing that message out there to please, please, please uh, take care of yourself first. If you don't do it for yourself, do it for your children, your grandchildren uh, that may be in and around you uh, because life is being lost still. So that's that. Amen. So Okay, so we've covered, we've covered the scholarships that we did this weekend. And so we have one day, one evening, we are going to have to bring uh, – the president of, uh, of, of Cypress, I almost said Cypress College. I did say she was actually the first time that she became president was uh, at Cypress College in Cypress, California. But let me tell you a quick story about her uh, since we're talking about COVID-19. So, so Dr. Christine Johnson McPhail actually married uh, uh, Dr. McPhail. And uh, he was the president of uh, Morgan State at the time, and she was the president uh, in Cyprus, California. So she stepped away from her position in Cyprus and joined him, of, of course, at uh, Morgan State, and where he was the president. So after he served his terms there as president of Morgan State, he retired and then went on back up to New York, and he was an engineer, so he started working uh, with a the company there because, you know, we always retire to go and do something else and not just mm-hmm. sit around. 
so so he decided to re, uh, apply. I don't know if he decided to apply at St. Augustine University or if they reached out to him. But at any rate, last summer, he actually um, took on the job as the president of St. Augustine University there in Raleigh, North Carolina. So he got down there, he and his lovely wife, my sorority sister and dear friend right, from right here in Tyler, Texas, uh, moved on down to St. Augustine University. Got down there and was down there for three months. And Dr. McPhail came down with COVID-19. And oh, wow. this time last yes, this time last year, she reached out to me and said, my husband has died of COVID-19. Oh, wow. So, yes. So fast mm. story. But fast forward. So then uh, the grieving widow, my dear friend, uh, prepared and packed her clothes uh, from there in Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, headed on back up to uh, New York where they had their home up there. And so she went on back and she stayed up there for uh, a few months. And so the uh, Board of Regents reached out to her and said, look, you know, the, you know exactly where your husband was taking this university. Uh, you know you helped him to lay out all the things that he wanted to do in order to move this university forward. You know what his goals and you know what his objectives were. We're asking you to take on the position of president of this college and carry out the goals your husband had set forth for this. So she Mm -hmm. said no at first, and so then they they didn't let her go. They just kept after her, and now, fast forward, she is now the president of wow. the university where her husband was. And that's history, everybody. Uh, that has that's not awesome. taken yeah. place that I know about in this country, period. That's so awesome. Dr. Justin McPhail is now the president of St. Augustine University. And so she wow. decided that she was going to give all of these scholarships to kids that could not afford a college education but wanted one. And so mm-hmm. she reached out to me and said, Sora, <laughs> and I said, yes, mm. I raised my hand. So she said, I need your help, and I want to give scholarships out to students, and I know you can find those students and send them to me. And so that's been our task and what we've been working at uh, for the last few weeks. And so, um, so, so, so that's it. So that COVID is real. Awesome. And I'm a, I know, I know uh-huh. too many people, like I said, I have nine family members, but I'm not even talking about all the p- other people who are not family mm-hmm. members of mine that mm-hmm. I know of that have died of COVID-19. So, uh, yes. so we got work to do and we got to make sure that we carry out that work <laughs> on the uh, scholarships. And that's it on COVID-19. Don't forget. Uh, but speaking of universities, I don't know if I've shared this. I know I don't think I know I haven't shared it with um, uh, Chief Ron Spikes. But Chief Spikes, um, the uh, the University of Texas Board of Regents, and Dr. Kurt Calhoun reached out to me and appointed me to serve on the board. We're having a new medical school being built here in Tyler, Texas. University wow. of Texas Medical Man. School. Wow. We have That's our awesome. first meeting this Wednesday, and we'll be looking for uh, the dean for that uh, that university. So I was humbled by uh, the fact that they they thought that I I would be a fit 
uh, for that. So they said you have an impeccable uh, medical career in the civilian world as well as in the medical world. And so uh, Mayor Pro Tem, Deputy Mayor Pro Tem, Mm -hmm. we want you to serve on this board. And so there I am. That's awesome. That's awesome. Bravo, bravo. Just amazing. (laughs) You know, that is is so significant, Doc. Uh, You know, I'm just thinking about, you know, back to the Duke study, indicating how the university needs to look at their academic curriculums in medical school. And I can think of no one else that understands that. And when you think about the striking of that, being in a medical school in East Texas, for you to be on that, be in that position to sort of make happen what Duke talked about in that study, I tell you, I now I understand why the future is East Texas. Yes, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the future's in East Texas. That's that's right. Well, mm. I, 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 Shirley, I, I, Shirley, 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 as you climb that ladder, as you climb that ladder. Don't remember. Don't forget about us little fishes. <laughs> you know, that, that thing is little fishes. <laughs> yeah. no, no such thing. You're right. You're right there beside me, my fraternity brothers. Right beside me. <laughs> Brother Arthur, let me help you out with something about little little fish. Uh, I I did a sermon about goldfish. You you realize that a goldfish actually can grow up as big as 26, 30 pounds. It just is his his environment hinders him Mm -hmm. from his full potential. So as she grows, we're going to grow with her. That's awesome. awesome. There you go. So the fish bowl is going to get bigger, huh? I want to just shout out to Dr. Calhoun, you know, for him to be in the position he's in, and, you know, too often in our history, individual been in those positions, they sort of fail to reach out for the assistance mm. they need, so my hat go off to him, for him to be in the position he's in, in that UT system to recommend you, and for them to follow his lead. That's outstanding. Amen. That's confirmation about what he's accomplished and the role he's playing. So that's a my hat go off to him to make that decision to help to do that. So I'm I'm proud that's of him. Point. I'm so proud. I'm so proud uh, of Dr. Calhoun. He there's there's five persons uh, on the board. It's three physicians, one nurse, me, and one uh, one psychologist uh, mm. slash uh, social worker. That's on, on yes. the board, so it, it's a great wow. group, and I'm humble. I'm humbled by uh, by his choices of selecting yes. a little yes. girl from East Texas, Tyler, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Doctor McKellar, that's one of the, one of the key points that that people always made throughout history is that you have to have a seat at the table in order to make a difference. If you're not at exactly. the table, you can't make you can't make a difference. The only thing you can exactly. do is point your finger and complain from the outside. So you yes. you have to right. take advantage of sitting at the table. Yes, yes, sir. Well, that, that's that's the reason why we're bringing our own table to Austin, Texas. You know, uh, we're no longer going to be asking for a seat at the table. So just like she's been appointed to the board, but you have to understand that mm. when you're appointed to a board like that, she's not being paid for her her uh, knowledge and wisdom. Mm-hmm. So we have people that's running ERCOT in the state of Texas. Is making three hundred eighty thousand, seven hundred thousand dollars a year. So, what? Not only are we going to bring her to the table, but we're going to appoint her in a position to where she can be a, a blessing to our community because we know that yes. God has blessed her for all the things yes. she desired. But then we want to give her an overflow 
So not only put yeah. it to a board, but put it to a board that give her wealth and and, and yeah. uh, ability to move around in the community. So that's what we right. do as Michael Cooper as your next governor of Texas. That's not Excellent. a plug. That's fact. <laughs> that's Excellent. all right. Excellent. I I like I, I like that. Uh, I like that speech. That's uh, that's all right. And, and you know, and I say the same thing. I'm glad you brought that out for real, uh, Pastor Cooper, because I, I I talk about this a lot. That um, that council people or professional people. We know that in certain big cities, uh, councilmen and and uh, mayors are are paid for their time. And in in my city, which is a very very wealthy city, uh, it, it's all volunteerism. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm the only person that's on our council that does not have a nine to five job. Uh, so therefore, wow. I get to and, and I'm I'm asked to go and spend in for a lot of others because they work oh a nine goodness. to five. Uh, and wow, exactly. it's it's a volunteerism, and I mean I don't mind. I love uh, I love working in city government, uh, but I also think that that professional oh, yes. people like. Like what uh, what uh, Pastor Cooper is talking about, you should pay professional yeah. people for their knowledge right. and their skills exactly. and their ability. You know, they yeah. sit. I sat in the classroom for 15 years, Come and on. I make that note. And I'm sitting in in, in counseling sometimes uh, when we're talking about certain things, uh, whether it's it's talking about the political process, whether we're talking about medical process. I make it known. I sat in the classroom for 15 years. So uh, I'm not telling you, I'm giving you science, right? Mm. I'm giving you facts. I'm not giving Amen. you something off the top of my head. I'm telling Amen. you textbook stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, Dr. Badney, you've been there. You know. That's right. Yes, no. yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've been there. Well, you know, so, and, and you look at it, and, and sis, you know, you're in an age group because you got me at least by, by a day. So they say yeah. in nineteen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least at least by day. So so in eighteen sixty five we were set free in Texas, but we really weren't free until nineteen sixty four, civil rights, nineteen sixty five, voting rights, all these different things. And so really, I, I'm the first generation because I was born in nineteen sixty six that was actually free indeed. But now we have to play catch up because, the, mm-hmm. like our local judge, someone tells me he's worked around thirty five million dollars, but yet. Mm. Still being paid six figures to be a mm. county judge, and he is not volunteering his income, and he's supposed to have it set aside. He's good to uh, to retire, but yet he's mm-hmm. running again for his his seat, and he has not mm. turned that money over to the, uh, to nonprofits or other entities. Mm. So again, mm. I'm looking at the big picture here, and I'm not saying you need any more income, but I am saying that you deserve all of those positions and all those appointments. Yes. And people like you and like Dr. Hagney here that I'm learning, now I see how the governor has a 1,000 appointments and all of his friends and people that he met along the way, like the uh, uh, education commissioner. Uh, now, I don't care that he makes $256,000 a year. What I care about is that uh, he has superintendents that cannot be superintendents unless they certify with a Ph.D. in that field of being a superintendent, but yet they work for him. And he's a guy that uh, accomplishes degree with a four-year degree, never served, <laughs> never worked as an educator, and yet he's running <laughs> our education department in the state of Texas. Something's <laughs> wrong with this picture is all I'm saying. Yes. That's all yes. I'm saying. Yes. 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 That's all I'm saying. 100. I'm, 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 I'm muted so I can join you. Uh, 100% correct. 
Uh, Pastor Cooper, you are so correct. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. That, and that is why therein lies the issue of why we rate number 47 in, yes. in the country mm-hmm. education, yes. where we rate mm-hmm. 47 in finance and 48 in education because mm-hmm. of folks just like him. Let me share quickly yep. uh, with you that I was down in Austin doing the, the uh, Texas Municipal League wrap-up. Uh, talking about all the various bills uh, that were passed down there, some good, some not so good, uh, in particular the uh, H.R. 6 and 7, uh, the House Bill 6 and 7, are no good, and, and the one out of uh, Washington, D.C., no good, all that voter suppression stuff. But, but we, were on the, we were on the steps of the Capitol. It was about over, well over 2,000 people that was down there on that Sunday afternoon. There was various speakers that were there. Uh, Gilberto Hinojosa, uh, Beto O'Rourke was there. Uh, lots of different speakers uh, came forth. Uh, people from all over Texas was there. There were four buses that came out of Houston. Four buses came out of Dallas, Texas, San Antonio, Austin. I mean, there was some everywhere. And then we even had a little handful of us from out of East Texas. And so... So when we got there to the Capitol, as we were entering uh, the front gate, uh, we saw a group of, uh, of, of that other fellow supporters uh, that were there, and they had their uh, their flags, and then they had uh, their bullhorns, and then they had their weapons on their hips and everything. So they were they were just standing out front on the street, and then after things really got uh, heated up up there where people were clapping and having a great time and talking about we're not going to stand for uh, voter suppression and so forth. So then those characters that were out front began to march up the walkway and come on up uh, to the Capitol steps. And so they were mixing and mingling and walking all in between uh, while the speakers were speaking. They were using their bullhorns trying to block the sound of the the uh, speakers on the mic and so forth. And so so then the state troopers, or the Texas Rangers, whichever one that's in the Capitol, they saw what was about to take place, and they came out of that Capitol building and came down and stood right there by those fellows. And so what they said is there will not be any uh, insurrection taking place on this capital step like it did January the 6th in Washington, D.C. And they stood mm. right there until Amen. everything was over before they left. Wow. They didn't, they didn't oh. until they stayed there until those guys left. I think it was one female and about seven guys. And then, like I said, they had their pistols on their hips. And, and you know, and that's the other thing. We can talk a little bit about that if, if you'd like before we go over into redistricting, which is going to be uh, our next topic. But, um, but but now everything is open up where anybody can have a weapon. And let me share this with you really quickly is that on on Friday night, a young lady from Katy, Texas, came up and was here in East Texas. I guess she has some ties to East Texas. I don't know. She was celebrating her, I think it was her 50th birthday, and she was at this uh, place called the Daiquiri, and people are lined up out, outside in order to get a daiquiri. So these carloads of people, guys, came in with long guns, fired their weapons into the crowd, fired a weapon into the window of the uh, daiquiri place. That young lady in the neck mm. lost her life on her 50th oh, wow. birthday. It was oh, no. right here, right 
here in, in Tyler, Texas. So then, you know, you don't have to have anything. Uh, Matt Schaefer from right here in, in uh, East Texas in Tyler uh, authored that bill that you don't have to have a license to do anything. You can just go and buy weapons. It's just like the mask. They tell you you don't have to wear a mask. Now they say you don't have to have a certificate to own a weapon. You can just go buy one. Yeah. That's the world we're living in right now. In yeah, this great yeah. yeah. September 1st. Yeah, September 1st, that bill is passed. Yeah. And you'll be yeah. able to just go and, and, you know, and again, you know, we all grew up in Texas. My thing is, I want to make it difficult for the bad guy to get a weapon. We don't want to make it easier. We want universal background check. We need to make sure that we're doing all the things to make sure the wrong person does not get a weapon. And they're making it easier for everybody to get a weapon. That's not good. Yep. Very good. I had to unmute and join you. You are absolutely correct, uh, Pastor Cooper. We, you're right. We all grew up in Texas. We grew up firing weapons. We grew up on farms where we had plenty of weapons. We were taught safety in using a weapon. I'm not trying to take sure. anybody's weapon. I'm trying to protect uh, their environment where they live. And I say this all the time. I've said it many times on this show and everywhere I go. That that if you come to my house and you're trying to break in, I got something for you, okay? And Amen. trust me Amen. You know how to use that thing. I had to qualify every year doing my whole time in the military. I know how to use wow. it. But I don't yeah. want to have to walk out and go out in the community and have to protect and serve. I want to I want to take care I want the I want the law enforcement uh to, to take care of me. I don't have to deal with weapons anymore. I don't wanna to have to do that. But there it is. So, you know, Dr. McKellen, you're so right because so many times I remember as a child in Texas growing up in East Texas, well, going to East Texas to visit, and you could go behind anybody's front door at East Texas. It was a gun mm-hmm. right behind the door. And I guarantee you, you no kids, that. grandkids, or anybody even touched that gun. And they were in, right. you might be in a household full of people. But nobody mm-hmm. took that gun, but it was it was right there for protection. And I don't know, yep. I don't, I don't, it's very few houses I went in at that age that didn't have a gun in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's yeah. true. You're absolutely, I have to unmute again so I can join you. You're absolutely correct. And isn't it interesting where that weapon was located? Why was it? Yeah. Because it was right there at that front door. If anybody tried yeah. to come in, they knew exactly where that weapon was, but we knew not to touch that weapon. We knew right. not to touch that weapon, right. and we didn't. The only, t- but when we were allowed to touch it after we were trained, and then we had to. Do you guys remember when when you were out on your land and you you had these bottles lined up on the fence line mm-hmm. and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, yeah. and did the target practice? That's how we learned how to fire a weapon. Yeah. I mean, I was firing yeah. weapons at eight and nine and ten years of age. Because my father trained us, how I have his 410 in this house right now. Mm. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Right. Okay. So let's move on then. Let's talk a little bit uh, more. Let's talk a little bit about the the border crisis. We that's one of the things that Cedric uh, uh, Richmond was talking about on um, on television a couple of days ago. We it's interesting. Um, with the uh, department, the HHS, and 
Department of uh, Health and Human Services, yes, and uh, CPS. And so we got notices today that uh, there are so many children that are still sleeping in, uh, in social workers' offices, that these people cannot go home and be with their families because there's no place to place. And I'm, I'm not talking about uh, border children. I'm talking about American children, children that, uh, that cannot go back to their homes for, for whatever reason, uh, that they're in the custody and care of uh, Child Protective Service, whether it, they've been abused, misused, sexually, physically, or whatever the case may be, uh, they're in the system. And what in the world are we going to do? And then we know that we have also uh, kiddos still coming in uh, across the border. So what are we to do? Let's let, let's start off just a little bit about that, Mr. Arthur. I'm sure you have something because, you, like I said, you're gonna you're gonna have some front row center. I hope that you'll be able to ask some questions on tomorrow night of the first dude and the, and the first lady. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Uh, well, I'm gonna be talking to him about probably a COVID event, so I'm gonna be talking to him about COVID actually. Okay, uh, you're gonna talk. You know, just about COVID. Okay. Yeah, it's a COVID event that they're going to be promoting COVID. So, so, I'm, so, I, so I, I hope you get a chance to talk to them about that about getting more with our community. Okay. Uh, so you well, you know, you know how the media does it. Uh, when you got them there for one thing, you ask them the other questions also. Ah, you know, you know that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. Man. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you. Hey, I'm glad to hear about COVID. But what are you guys going to do about the border? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where you do it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna try. To, uh, well, I'm gonna try to keep. Well, well, I'm gonna try to keep the folks on COVID because that's what I mean. That's what my committee needs. We need. We need that. We need education with, on that. Right. So, if I'm much too playing I'm going to COVID. Well, you, well, I'm gonna tell you this, Mr. Arthur. Can I jump in and say this? That that that's still going to be COVID because because we don't know what these kids are bringing across this border uh, because mm-hmm. COVID is not just in Texas, it's not just in America. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a pandemic, if I remember right, and I think that pandemic means well, is everywhere, is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and and, mm-hmm. and let me just share First, this with you. This pandemic, I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my mute back on, and I'll let you you gentlemen speak. Let me tell you, this pandemic is not going anyplace anytime soon. We're going to be, right. we're going to have this pandemic the next year, two, uh, two, three years. Right. I mean, we're talking about something that is worldwide, so it's not going to leave tomorrow. It's not even like an epidemic, an epidemic mm-hmm. covering a smaller section. But we're talking about mm-hmm. a worldwide <laughs> disease that has taken over this country is not going to leave next year. But go ahead. I'm going to put my mute back on, and I'm going to listen. Thank you. Kamala Harris is doing doing just what she's supposed to be doing. She went down to South America, just like we talked about, and and they put this on there was causing the actual issue. So, you know, you got to give about a couple years so you can actually tell whether it's working or not. But 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 she's handling that. She's handling the border. So 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 I'm confident with what she's doing. I mean I like what she's doing. So they just give it a chance to work. You know, so you know, mm-hmm. so the border is being handled. 
and general manager and uh, in arbitrations at the same time, walking in and out of meetings and rooms and handling three and four things. Because one thing that happens in, in business is that it does not slow down because you have a task that's before you that's pressing. All issues are pressing when you're dealing with multi-millions of dollars. And if you are not capable of handling the pressure and, and performing at the top-tier level, then you will be weeded out immediately, and there's a hatchet with your name on it. And so uh, mm-hmm. that's the reason why mm-hmm. I laugh when people ask me if I'm ready to be uh, uh, in the political field. What they don't realize is this is that I'd like to see some people that's in the political arena come and do what I've been doing for 30 years, 88 hours a week, uh, nonstop. Mm-hmm. And then when you're off the clock, you're called at 3 a.m. in the morning because the fire truck is there and the alarm system is going off, and you have to figure out if there's a real fire or not with the wife that's waiting that has babies that's crying on the way out the door. As you come back mm-hmm. home about 5.30, get up, work mm-hmm. out, go back and start all over again. So we have to be multitasking at the same time. Yes. Yes. Have Amen. To. Amen. That's, that's so well put. And I, I'm happy to hear that Dr. Hagney has gone and done his paperwork. <laughs> but uh, but you're, you're, absolutely, yes. you're absolutely correct. And, and, and I say this all the time that, that mothers and wives, and not that I'm just talking about women. I'm not talking about men right now. Men can do all kinds of things, but women are noted for multitasking. Yes, uh, right? absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Uh, taking care of the children, getting to the doctor's office and doing mm-hmm. all the things, uh, get them to the schoolhouse, get them to the school program. Mm-hmm. My father doesn't come along too, but I guarantee mm-hmm. you the bulk of the work is done by that mm-hmm. woman who's doing that. Mm-hmm. It's a real big and and I always when when people say, uh, well, I, I don't work, I'm just a housewife and I said there's no such thing. A housewife that's right. that's, that's a real businesswoman right there that runs a household. So um so yes, we, we have to all learn to multitask. Go ahead. Sure, when he was going down that list when he said I was but I said that mean that the average sister around here can run under your mothers. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's why, and that's why I hired. I was one of the first uh, executive managers that hired women in finance, and finance is one of the most lucrative uh, fields to be into, to be in an automotive industry. And so I recognized that, saw that, and made sure that when they needed to go home and take care of their children, guess what? Normally, uh, it's always mom that has to go down there. But I, we were flexible on purpose because we got some of the best uh, uh, performers in the finance industry now. Matter of fact, even when I step down, there's a young lady there now. She's probably making more money than anyone that is there because she was mm-hmm. able to multitask. And it's a very yeah. matter of fact. Y'all just Google on the way on the way home tonight. Uh, just Google what's the uh, average income for the finance manager in the automotive industry, and you're gonna mm-hmm. your eyeball is gonna fall out. Wow. Oh, I know it's I know it's big money. I know it's let me share this with you. I know it's big money. The finance. Yeah. Let me tell you what finance gentleman did he was he's a really shrewd guy in one of the companies yeah. i'm not going to name out the company here but he right. reached out to me this is what he said he said um uh, mayor Perkin, i um i would uh, i would love to uh to have you take a photograph with me uh and and promote uh, promote uh our our car dealership and I said, and I'd love to sit down and have a talk with you to tell you how much it's going to cost.
cost you to use my picture uh, to advertise. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we have lunch on Wednesday. So I have to I have to call Pastor Cooper and ask him what, how should I guide and direct that that conversation. <laughs> Just give me a call, and my services are free. Especially in the <laughs> give me a call. But I, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm highlighting what, what is the type of life that, that I, I, I've been in. And, and now also with what we're doing, we have to monitor the test all the time. I mean, I, I, I've seen my, my mom put on lipstick on the way to church, uh, swing back, hit my brother, drive the car at the same time, be on task, and she didn't even have iPhones back in the day. But she still there got a go. point across. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm saying I'm saying this. Hey, hey, be, careful. be careful. Be careful. I don't want to come and see you on a billboard. No, no, no. You're not going to be on a I got real good friends. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's going to dressed up if she's up there. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, well, let me let me just before we move away from uh, from the Delta variant, I just I want to put some symptoms out there so that people will know because uh, I believe you gentlemen said that we I think uh, it was Dr. Hagney and all everybody says we we got to educate our communities and make sure that they are aware. So so I want to put that Delta variant uh, symptoms out there because they spread pretty quickly. But the number one uh, the number one uh, symptom is that headache. Uh, and then mm. after you start with that headache, then the next thing you know, you're going to come down with that sore throat, and then you're going to have the runny nose, and then you're going to have, uh, you may have that fever. Remember, you can uh, be positive and not even have a fever, or you may be positive and not even have a um, uh, have any symptoms. But this, mm-hmm. but this Delta variant is not that traditional uh, COVID symptoms where you just may have a cough. I mean, the mm-hmm. symptoms and hard and heavy. And when you see it in children, uh, it works a little bit different with the children. The children may complain of having a stomach ache. Uh, they may not, not want to eat. And then the next thing you know, they're, they're throwing up. They're not doing the projectile vomiting. They're just throwing up uh, and getting sick. And so uh, those are the things that we want people to know in order to say, okay, something's going on with my child. We need to get them straight on over to uh, the hospital uh, immediately, get them to the emergency room if those kinds of symptoms get started. Okay, let me let me mention this. Uh, anybody, anybody, is everybody good? Any more comments in regards hey, to anything? Dr. Keller. Yes, sir. One, one more thing before you move on. We also need varying. It's a time. It's a time out there because we're coming. It's actually after summertime. We're going into wintertime, which is flu time. So mm-hmm. all of this, all this education, we need to get it to our people as soon as possible because yes. as we start to change seasons, we know that that it's going to start to pick up, and it's going to be another yep. one out there. The flu combined with everything else that's going on. So you're right. We we have we on the time frame that we need to educate our people. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, yes. Excellent. Yes, Thank we, you for that. Yes. Uh, Chief Thank you for that. And so um, Dr. Hagney is listening and he hears you and uh, and, and, and we're on it. As as the young folks say, we're on it. I'm on it. 
So um, we're going to make sure that we continue to talk about this. Every network that we're on, every radio station we're on, and every time that I get the opportunity to be in front of the uh, television, they're always asking me specific things. But I always try to remind people that we're still in a pandemic. Yeah, things are better, a little better, but uh, but it's not over yet. So don't get too comfortable in and wanting to be around your your buddies and without your mask and so forth. And and we didn't talk much about this. We didn't talk about this at all. But uh, but we know the first cruise, another cruise line has jumped out there and all the things mm. that they've done to make sure that the people they, they they can't get on there without having. I think it was like two people that got on without uh, being vaccinated, but they had to uh, wear double masks and they had to be kind of to themselves, kind of. But people are ready to get back out there and enjoy themselves, and I get it. But that was a that was a strong point that Chief Spikes made. That before mm-hmm. we know it, summer will be over. It'd be September, and we'd be getting into that flu season. And so it's just going to be a vicious cycle that's going to go on. Thank you for bringing that out, uh, Chief Spikes. I appreciate it yes, very, thanks. very much. Before mm-hmm. before Good. we move over to uh, redistricting, I want to to uh, make an announcement that. Um, I organized a um, investment club here in Tyler, and we just recently secured the Freddie Mays restaurant that was built by a couple of black brothers here in Tyler, and they held that restaurant. They built it from the ground, named it after their mother, and they stayed open for one year, just one year, and then it closed up. The food was amazing but the service was not so good and they couldn't keep a lot of good help. So our group has now secured that building and I'm still, there there are others that may be interested in in joining this investment club. We've organized a structured investment club. We've organized, we already set up, we're, we're legal. We have our paperwork done at the state of Texas on the federal level and everything. And we're, we're, I called it North Ventures, North Tyler mm-hmm. Ventures, because my goal okay. is to grow North Tyler. I, when, when people come into North Tyler, they're not going to know that they're not in some sophisticated uh, city. They're not going to know that they're not in South Tyler. Uh, we have, I have a plan laid out of what I'd like to see happen uh, before I get off uh, this bench. And we're already making a move. So uh, we have right now we have 14 uh, investors into this into our investment group, and I'm I'm cutting it off at 20. I have 14 now. And so anybody that's listening out there, if they're interested in knowing more about it, or my my team members on, if you're interested, reach out to me uh, after hours, whatever. And uh, we're moving forward. And this is going to be an amazing restaurant. Uh, we're going to have uh, good, clean food. We're going to have fine dining in the evening. We're going to have casual dining during the course of the day. Uh, so uh, we got 52 food trucks in this town. And so we're going to be closed on Monday, and we're going to allow the food trucks to, to uh, after hours at night. They don't have any place to prepare their food. We're going to lease out space to them so that they can prepare their food to put on their food trucks the next day and get out there. So uh, this is this is, is going to be an amazing adventure that we have. 
So I wanted to put that out there. Excellent, excellent. Yes, sir. Let's get over to redistricting. It's about 927 to be exact, and so we'll take the next half hour talking about uh, redistricting and how important uh, that uh, piece of the puzzle is. As we know, every 10 years uh, we do a census, uh, and then after that census, census, then we get to have the the redistricting, uh, because sometimes we may have, uh, uh, I think we got two new uh, congressional seats in Texas, I believe, but uh, but I try to push and tell people the importance of them uh, filling out those census reports because that determines how much money we get into our communities for our roads and bridges and our infrastructure and all of those things. And so I get the pleasure and the privilege of drawing the lines here in Tyler, Texas. And so we know, yes, and I'm honored. I'm honored. But let me just share with you that this past Wednesday at city council meeting, we had some amazing citizens from the community uh, to come in along with the League of Women Voters. And so their thing was that they want a, a group, a committee, a citizens committee organized to work lo- along beside uh, the mayor and the, the and the council uh, and the deputy uh, mayor pro tem me uh, and helping to draw those lines. We know that we've dealt with gerrymandering for a long, 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 long time uh, here in this country, and so that's what I want to talk about tonight. And I actually uh, sent out a message to invite uh, one of the uh, the ones who were in in court with us that day uh, to come in council with us, I should say, not court, but council, uh, to come and join us. But I, she probably didn't get the message. I sent the message out like a few minutes before 8, and I wish I had thought about it. And then that doesn't mean that next week we can't, we can't bring them on because this is going to go on for a while. We know this, this redistricting is something that this process is just now getting ready to begin. As a matter of fact, it really doesn't kick off until, I believe, September. Is that right? gentlemen, I believe it's September mm-hmm. before it really takes place. So we're working on getting there right now. We haven't even had our first meeting yet. But so my question to the, the uh, team tonight is, um, do you feel that, uh, that the citizens should be involved in drawing uh, these lines? I, I've even said when I was running for Congress, I said to, um, uh, to a few people, I said, just ask a fifth grader. We make this so difficult to uh, redistrict and redraw these lines. Uh, ask a fifth grader. They'll, they'll look at these maps and they'll have it done for us. And I'm going to tell you why, why it was such a mess and how, how important it is for us to make sure that we get these things right. In my district uh, and Councilman Roger McGee's district, our districts run together. We're on one street in North Tyler proper, there's a couple of houses on one of the streets that is in a Councilman McGee's district. And the new fire station, which is on a street where my district is, it, his, the fire station is in his district. We have a main thoroughfare that's running through our city called Gentry Parkway. That should be a basis to me in dividing lines, but they zoomed past 
Gentry Parkway over into deep into North Tyler and have this house that can vote for me and the house next door to that can vote for Councilman McGee. And it's just a confused uh, confusion for the mm-hmm. citizens. And you get all the citizens calling and saying, you know, I went down and, and I wanted to vote for you. And they told me that I couldn't vote for you and that, so forth and so on. So it's really confusing to the, to the uh, citizens. So I guess my question, and I can, I'll start, we can start with, with Pastor Cooper. And and uh, and then we'll go to Mr. Arthur and go to Dr. Hagney and of course we'd love to hear what uh, Chief Run Spikes has to say about this. But should the should the citizens be uh, actively involved in drawing the lines in every city throughout this country? And I digress and go on. I'll go on mute and I'll listen. Thank you. First of all, I'm saying uh, I'm so excited to hear that you get to draw the line. And uh, absolutely, uh, the citizens should be involved. What's amazing is that so many times uh, the lines have been drawn to the advantage of one party or the other. And we always, as a minority group, end up not doing our census as well as we should. And then we wonder why. It's kind of like voting. We have to participate in the census in order to know where to draw the lines in order to get the right representation. Um, we absolutely need to be involved in the process. Uh, and like you, you're one of the few that get to draw the line, but we draw the line when we engage in the census process. And, you know, mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it, it was said not to do the census. I remember I, I was a kid. I was eight years old, nine years old. My mother and dad, they, nothing to deal with the government, they, 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 you know, Oh, no, I don't want them to know how much I'm making a, a month. I don't want them to know where I live. I don't want them to know that we even exist. So don't, don't you open the mail. Don't you answer the mail. I mean, that's how we were trained growing up. And so we have two and three generations that don't realize that, and we missed out on uh, when there's FEMA money. We miss out when there's extra help. We miss out because they don't know that you're there, and they're drawing lines around you, and then you wonder why you don't have the re- right representation when it comes to city council. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your representative for state, and then when it comes to your representative with the uh, U.S. federal government, so it is imperative we get involved and we all can be involved in this drawing of the line by participating in our census. So I pass the mic with that. Oh, that was outstanding. That was that was uh, beautiful. So well, yeah. so well said, uh, Pastor, Pastor Cooper. So well said, and 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 you're right about the fact that. It was funny, so cute how you said that. We we don't want them to know we even exist. <laughs> the parents said, want them to know we live here in this country. <laughs> I, I, was, exactly. I was chuckling back here behind my mute, <laughs> but uh, but that that was beautiful. Uh, go ahead, Mr. Arthur, or, or was it Dr. Hadney, whichever one next? Dr. Hadney. Jerry, Jerry Mander. Can you hear me, Jerry Mander? Okay, Mr. Arthur, go ahead. Yes. Gerrymander is a political term because when they start first drawing the districts, they drew one and looked. So that is the issue, you know. We should involve, and that's pretty big pushing for because we can take. The politics and 
and, and they can become more bad. So, uh, you know, we just focus on that. And uh, again, you can call your congressman, call your senator, you know, whoever you can, and to, you know, pass the 40 Act. Very good, uh, Mr. Arthur. And you're, you're right. That gerrymandering is, is I, I think, uh, Pastor Cooper said it, that it, it determines uh, which party has the upper hand, in other words. Uh, it's, it's drawing those district boundaries so that one party has an advantage over the next party. And it's normally, and we all know, it's normally and always, it's always the Republican Party that's having that upper hand. As a matter of fact, we already know that the Republican Party is working real hard to to block HR one right now, and they're defending that filibuster, right? So that mm-hmm. so that this redistricting and the redrawing of the lines that that's going to be geared toward them. But we're going to make sure that that gerrymandering no longer exists. In this country, mm-hmm. that's why mm-hmm. it's an honor to be able to help to draw those lines, even in mm-hmm. my own community. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Dr. Hattie. Yeah, that's very good because that's a, it's the educational process, recognizing all the parts are connected, and also it gives each individual opportunity to feel that they are at the table. You know, even though they're not at the table, they can say, well, "What role I play? What small role I play is very significant," and then they can understand how everything relates. And so I think it's definitely educational and definitely the individual from the community must be involved uh, so they can feel a part of it, of the entire system. And we want we want people to know that 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 word gerrymandering, that's an unfair political process. Mr. Arthur mentioned that that's a political process, a political advantage is an unfair political uh, advantage. Mm-hmm. And it's always mm-hmm. geared to a specific party and that mm-hmm. always have that upper hand. Uh, and um, if we had if we had more people that had filled out their census papers, we would we could have a seat we had we could have another congressional seat right here in uh, in East Texas and I and I say this right now I say this every day that we already know how many people live in a house because we can tell by how much water they use when they mm-hmm. if it's ten people in that house yeah. we know how much water that that bill is every single month and we can do or the electricity we have ways that we can figure out. Mm-hmm. How many? Mm-hmm. But but that's not the yep. process. That's not the way to actually do it. Uh, we're asking people to fill out their paperwork and send the names in. But there are people, and and then we also try to educate people who may be undocumented. That in other words, they don't have a piece of paper that says that they are an American. But we, we but we try to tell them you still need to fill out your paperwork. But we know that's not happening, right? We know that did not happen. Exactly. They're not going exactly. to fill out. The Say that I'm here, as 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 Pastor Cooper said. I don't even want them to know we exist. (laughs) My dad did not play when it came with the government. He said the only (laughs) thing they want to know is why I let them know. Do not let them know anything about what what I'm doing. Money I make, right? Yeah, amen, amen. Amen. Especially they don't need to know how much money I make. Especially, okay, well well said, guys. What about you, Chief uh, Run Spikes? Any comments from you? 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's a, I was listening to the comments that was made earlier, and, and one of the things that came to my mind was it was amazing how much we hid as as a people when we were when we were when we were um, earlier, well, older older people here. Because I remember my grandparents had a brand new Cadillac parked in the garage, but they only drove it on Sundays. When my grandfather got ready to go to work, he he drove that old pickup truck to work. And and somebody mm-hmm. asked him, I, I don't know if it was my brother or my uncle or whatever, asked him, said, why did, why do you do that? He said, because I do not want them to know what I have. What I have, mm-hmm. if I drove that Cadillac to work, I'd be looking for a job on Monday. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Said, uh-huh. yeah. One of those things that, that we, as, as black people, we have always learned to hide and, and run away, so to speak, to keep our, our, our finances, to keep our bills mm-hmm. paid. And everything like mm-hmm. that, we always had to follow that, that rule. But one of the yeah. things that, that I'm glad about is that we got an opportunity to stand up. And as much as we talk about these youngsters that's out there wilding out, they're doing it for a reason. They, they, they don't understand the sacrifices that the older Americans made for them to get to that point. They couldn't right. do what they did, even though they probably had the same amount of money that they did. Because I remember they said James Brown had two airplanes at one time where he used to fly around the country. But he still, mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't find that out to, after he died. It was just one of those things right. that we had to do as a people to survive. So yeah. I don't want to take up all your time, Dr. Dr. McKillop, but I will say this. We need to educate our people on why, why it's so important for them to be counted. And, and in this sense, it's because I think that that old mentality of, of just letting it go by and go by and go by and then fussing and fighting for 10 years to wonder how come it never did change but across the tracks, it's looking mighty good over there. But on this side of the tracks, nothing is coming back this way. Why? Yep. Yep. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I had to unmute on that. Uh, th- you are absolutely 100% correct. Now, I think I heard someone else. Was that you, Mr. Arthur, trying to say something else? Yeah. Or Pastor Cooper? You still can't drive that car. You still can't drive that today if you want to keep your job. That's still a fact. Any comments? On, uh, any, any comments on that, uh, Pastor Cooper? Um, excuse me, uh, uh, Chief Spikes, because uh, I hear that all of the time. Leave your X Y Z in the garage, and and drive that old um, uh, other uh, old pickup truck, so to speak. <laughs> so, what what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I, I, I think that we that we're coming to a point. Where we, where we, I'm not saying that we we came a long way. But I'm saying we're coming to a point in life where where we can do some of the things that we 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 haven't had the ability to to do in the past. We're coming. Some black people are coming into some money and they're putting it back into the community. These young guys out here that's got money, they're putting it back into the community and they're trying to help other guys. Where at one time you couldn't you 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 were shown if you even did something like that. So we we are being held accountable for being black now. I think more so than any other time, and it's it's changing a little bit. I'm not saying it's great, but it's good to see that change. It was no, good no. to see that 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 holiday voted in, you know. But we have to realize that we still got a long way to go. 
And I, and I heard you, Dr. McKellis, about building a Black Wall Street up in Tyler. We have to build them all over this country. We just can't, yes, can't depend on the government to take care of us. We have to build our own and, and grow from there. So I'm, I'm a yield. Yes. No, no, no you, yeah. you're 100 correct, and that's what I. That's exactly what I told them. I, we have people that have joined us from Fort Worth to Dallas, uh, Houston, Texas. We got someone out of Houston, Texas, that's part of the investment club. I, I shared with them. I said my family and I. We first started our first investment club. I believe it was in 1980. And and then I went into the military, and uh, later on in my career, and it was 20 of us uh, females only, black females only. Uh, I think we had a couple of Hispanics. Uh, my best friend, who was a Hispanic, uh, that was part, and the rest of, of us were uh, black girls. And so we formulated an investment club, and when we retired out of the military, that's when we ended that investment club and sp- Split all the resources, uh, and, and then we went on our way. We still keep in contact with many of us, but, but that's how we ended. And so I said the only way that we are going to be able to really, really build our community is going to take all of us coming together, working uh, to put our resources together and make sure mm-hmm. that we build this community. And that's, that's my goal. I have a, a next step after this one, next step after that one. I just got to lay it all out of what I'd like to see happen before I get off the bench. And one of my mm. primary things that I want to see happen, and, and Dr. Uh, Hagney will know this area, North Broadway. I want to see oh, yeah. North Broadway expanded all the way to Interstate 20. Open that yes. up, annex all of that area out there, and expand uh, North Tyler. And let me tell you what, we can get businesses to come in here. We got I have family land up and, up and down that uh, north Loop a corridor there, but if we open mm-hmm. it up and take it yes, all the way out I twenty, they can jump right on in uh, North Broadway. Take North Broadway to exactly. I twenty, and we'll that's have the right. people running in here to build. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's so true. Okay, so that's it. So okay, a little bit more. Thank you, uh, Chief Spice. Uh, I appreciate those those comments. You always have great comments. So then. Now we need to make sure, and so that's the fight, uh, and it is going to be a fight, I tell you, because um, because the the community, the League of Women Voters came in. There was the the, uh, the chamber was talking about uh, wanting to uh, to be a part, wanting to formulate this committee, and I agree that there should be uh, voices from the community. Who knows the community? Who knows their own community any better than they know their community? Nobody. Even even the council persons who who run another district that live on the other side of the city, they don't. They're not going to know that area over in the district. Say in my district, and I'm not going to know their district uh, as well as they know their district. But the citizens over there do, and so they don't feel that it should be left in the hands of just seven people. They think that it should. Include, and then there's going to be more than seven people. There's going to be people from the school board uh, that's going to be a part. There's going to be uh, the congressional person. Uh, there's going to be the county people. So there will be more people uh, involved in, in trying to make this happen. But the, um, but the citizens, they want a citizen's board. 
And so we'll see how that happens and how that works out. So that's pretty much it. Uh, we can uh, dialogue a little bit more on, uh, on the filibuster and how uh, how that's being uh, uh, well. Let me just say they want to keep the filibuster, and there are some who want to get rid of the filibuster. So maybe that should be the question uh, that I should ask: uh, Is um, who wants to keep the, the filibuster? I, I I learned more and more and more about the filibuster uh, as I was studying uh, and getting my degrees in political science. Uh, and how the filibuster has been misused uh, and abused. So, um, so we'll go to you first, Ms. Arthur. What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on the filibuster? Would you like to see uh, the filibuster remain in place? Well, well you know, the history of it is uh, been classified, uh, you know, racism. Go simply because even if because you can go shoot the other facts may do something to you. Well, it's kind of stupid to come out. Well, you know, you know what Mitch would do? Mitch would her bang. And, you know, you know, the Mitch are hoping more Democrats are living in this with women, you know, the gay mansions of power. And maybe we can get some stuff happening after that. But and again, he didn't he have come on with something. Uh, you know, his plan. You know, actually, it ain't that easy. Or he actually has a lot of difference out there. So yeah, he probably get this. You know, Mr. Arthur, I don't mean to cut you off. Could you put, move your talking device closer to your mouth? Because we, we're catching every other word. And it sounds like you're giving some good information out there. Uh, okay. Thank uh, you for that. And everybody uh, else, if you, mute, if you mute your phones, it may help him out a little bit as well. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Basically, what I was just saying was that, that, that actually the man had it. The biggest sticking point would probably be, you know, the 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 the, the ID part. And actually, he actually created the types that you could use, you know, certain conditions and stuff like that. <laughs> so I think that eventually, I guess, uh, uh, done uh, one you know, in Texas, you know, the session started the uh, Georgia, and he said he's going to file through in Texas and so forth and so on. So, uh, so hey, the fight's on, y'all. You know, this is this is what change looked like. So we just got to stay engaged. Oh, that was much better uh, when you got it right up to your mouth and we muted out. We could understand you very, very well. well I, I thought about, and you're right, and I thought about uh, uh, everybody remembers Strong Thurman and that his filibuster way long time ago. You remember that? I wasn't mine yet. <laughs> yes, yes, you were. <laughs> well, I, I heard about it. Yeah. Yes. He, he was well. He was trying. He was trying to stop the Civil Rights Act, and it was. Yeah. It was That's in the. That's why they call it. it was in the, go ahead. That's why they call it Jim Jim Crow relic. There, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. And he was a. He was an. Oh, he was. 
listen, how many babies, black babies, did he have? Oh, uh, you know, lots of them, right? Lots of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, lots oh, of them. But, but he was a racist. We we know that. But he but he liked black women. Well, well yeah, didn't it turn out that he was related to Al Sharpton in some way? That's true. Exactly. That's right. I, re- yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah that was Al that Sharpton's was... grandmothers. Hey, Shirley. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That's why when somebody say, well, I can't be racist because I got a, a black granddaughter or whatever. I said, you know, <laughs> I got a black girlfriend. I keep telling I said, the, the, the slave master like like black women. I mean, yes, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah, we still have well, that here locally. There you go. Well, you remember, remember uh, finding Miriam, uh, Mr. Eric, um, uh, Mr. Eric uh, Williams. Yeah. So we'll have to bring mm-hmm. him on one Monday night, and so you can go. His his grandmother. He found his slave grandmother, uh, and found her gravesite, and she's buried right next to the slave master, and the and the wife. Of the slave master is buried at his foot, at his feet. Now I thought that was very interesting that the and the both of them have the name Miriam. But nah, I thought was, it was very sick. It was very sick. What that was sick. Yeah, is yeah. that what it was? Yeah. Well, I thought it was pretty interesting that that she would get buried next, right beside him, but the uh, but his wife was buried at his at at the foot of his grave. I thought that was real, real, real interesting that that turned out that way. But, um, but, I, but I'm honored to be, as, as a matter of fact, in that documentary talking about uh, the history of things here uh, with the um, with the veterans here and how the veterans were treated. I had an uncle that was stationed at uh, at Camp Fannin. Doctor uh, Hagney would remember that name, Camp Fannin. They've built a little museum or uh, statuettes out here called Camp Ford, which Camp Fannin later became Camp Ford. But the uh, but the black warriors were were not uh, were not treated obviously like uh, the others. They didn't think they were smart enough to do the many things that they did. Just the airmen, right, were smart enough to fly airplanes. But we found out how right. brilliant uh, those Tuskegee airmen really were. And all of our history, we have amazing uh, history. That's why it's so important that that our history be taught uh, every single day. And I have this grand opportunity. I have to share this with you, gentlemen. I have the grand opportunity of bringing that out in our council meeting on last week. And it, by nothing that I did, I'm going to share this with you. As the uh, as the, all the people came in uh, to uh, council and they spoke before council talking about uh, how important it would be to have a, a citizen's committee. And so it was a, a fine gentleman that stepped up, a Caucasian gentleman, and he said that, um, he said, I'm going to share this with you. He said, I read the book, The Color of Law, and he said, the reason why I read that book is because Miss Beverly, uh, Beverly Beaver's book, that was, that's my cousin, as a matter of fact, uh, shared this book with him and said that he should read it. And he said, and I read that book, and he said, and I'm not a young, I'm not a real young man. I think he's probably was maybe in his early 60s. Uh, I would say something like that. He said, I had no idea. I had no idea what went on during Jim Crow. 
He said, why did I not know? I didn't know because it was never taught to me. And, boy, I tell you what, did I have the opportunity to, and, and the, and the, the uh, superintendent of our public school was in the audience. And this gentleman said, I had no idea about Jim Crow and what went on. And I had the opportunity to say that is why it is so important that every form of history is taught in our public schools so that young students who are in schools now will not come here 30 years from now and say, I didn't know this existed in in the uh, African-American community. I didn't know this existed in the Hispanic community, the Asian community, the Caucasian community. That's why it's important for us to teach African-American history, black history, and all forms of history so that our students will be well-educated so that, and I finally ended by saying, if we don't know our history, we're bound to repeat it. And I'm not trying to repeat slavery. Hey, Cheryl, I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Have you noticed Have you noticed how, as we talk about critical this fake critical race theory issue, how yes. the main concern is they don't want white kids to feel bad. They don't even care about the black kids feeling bad. They don't even right. care about that. Right. You know, right. so folks need to say, I need to hear more people say, yeah. Say what? What about the black people. So I talk, I'm not hearing a response. What about the black people? What about, you know, what about them? Right. Well, we get ready to end. Yeah. It's 957, and let me just tell you, on next week, we're going to pick up right where we left off, and we're going to talk about reparation. We're going to talk about Detroit, Michigan, and how they're working in that city on providing reparations for their their students out there. And then Asheville, uh, they have already uh, begun to pay out reparation. Uh, their city council voted on this to happen in these towns. So I think we're going to see some big changes being made since Den- uh, Detroit, Michigan has stepped up to the plate on this. Asheville, wow. a smaller town, but Detroit, Michigan, big city city. So mm-hmm. let's do our round robin quickly. It's 9.58. we got to make it quick. Uh, your final comments, Dr. Hagney, quickly. Been a blessing. Been a blessing. Uh, the story is what we, the role we can play, and congratulations to you, Doc, for all, all what you've done, what you're doing. You're truly a blessing to East Texas and, and also the state. Thank, thank you, Dr. Hagney. I appreciate that. Uh, Mr. Arthur? Oh, no, let's go, to, let's go to Pastor Cooper. Mr. Arthur always yeah. in. Uh, Pastor Cooper? All right, thank you. Great, great, great show tonight. Thank you all again. Do not forget, you have a guy here that is ready, equipped, and and, and eager to be your next governor of Texas. And I'm not thinking about it. I'm not waiting for somebody to give me a guarantee uh, shoe in. I am working. I am fighting for the people every every day, every moment. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, remember. Are we kind of uh, that's what we are just that, and so it's important to come in there. You can uh, hopefully, you know, they they be motivated to come actually understand how to power, how to power the name this nation. So uh, you know, this yes, Shirley, you been about it. Put your mouth up to the mic so we can hear you, my friend. 
not I said how many in East Texas. Uh and uh, you know, you've been right for years. So this is it. Right. Okay. So very good. Uh it was a great show. I I enjoyed it so much. So so many beautiful and educational uh, messages that were put out there. Remember next week, guys. Uh, actually, uh, next Sunday is a, a July Fourth weekend, so um, so be safe out there. Wear your mask and do all the things that you need to do in order to keep your family safe and and keep yourself safe. It was a pleasure to have uh, Chief Run Spikes on with us tonight. Thank you so much for running the board for us tonight, Chief Spikes. Come and see us more frequently. And any final comments that we have, I'm going to relinquish it over to you. Thank you. May God bless you. And may God bless the United States of America and Texas. Thank you. And now it's all yours, Chief Spike. Well, I'm going to do it like this. One day when the glory comes, it will be ours. It will be ours. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, the spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots, we on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. glory, glory, oh, glory, glory, now the Every man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch. We gon' run with it now. Never look back. We done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice. His power was the people. Enemy is lethal. A king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. The biggest weapon. 
is to stay peaceful. We sing. Our music is the cuts that we bleed through. Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany. Now we right the wrongs in history. No one can win the war individually. It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy. Welcome to the story we call victory. The coming of the Lord. My eyes have seen the glory. One day when the glory comes, it will be Good night.